Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. Hey, Waiting Warriors out there. Welcome to another podcast this week. This week we have Serena West. Serena is an active duty army wife for almost 15 years. She has two kids and is an entrepreneur, small business owner. Welcome, Serena. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you're here. We'll talk more about your shop a little bit later, but I'm excited for you to share that a little bit. And I know you have such a um, beautiful perspective on military spouse life, even though I know it hasn't been easy for you. So can you tell us about what your military story has looked like? Sure, um, I will do that. I am married to my high school sweetheart. Uh, we started dating when I was 17 years old, so we have been together for quite a while. He has always known he wanted to be in the Army. Um, and from the time I was 13, I knew I wanted to be married to him. But I quickly learned um, as I started kind of being in that girlfriend of someone uh, in a military program at school and then transitioned over to being the wife of an active duty service member, I realized very quickly that my vision of what life would look like as a military spouse, I wouldn't even say uh, was skewed. I'd say it didn't exist. Um, yeah. And so um, I yeah. didn't quite understand at all what life was going to look like. So. Um, for much of our relationship, it was long distance. Um, I finished school in one place when he finished school in another. And for the entire um, an entire year before we got married, he was in Korea. And so um, as I finished school at the University of Florida, he was in Korea and eventually came back uh, and went straight ahead to Fort Bragg. So I got married in, or excuse me, I graduated from college in December in Florida. We got married in January in Georgia. And right after the honeymoon, by the end of January, early February, I was a military spouse living at Fort Bragg without a clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Raise of hands for any listeners who felt that way. Just yeah. Like, and they have no idea what I'm right. doing. Right. What is this? Yeah. Yeah. So what what happened? Okay, I guess first question: How do how did you, as like a girlfriend and a fiance, how did you hold on? I guess is the best way to word it because it, like that's hard. It's hard to never see the person that you're wanting to build a life with, right? Yeah. And I know a lot of people just kind of give up. What was it that that kept you holding on? Uh, for me, I think the relationship has always been more important than the circumstance. And mm -hmm. it was sort of a unique situation because when we started dating and I was 17, finishing my senior year of high school and then transitioned over to college, I think the bigger challenge for me was not really being in the same headspace as a lot of my classmates. Um, they were dating, going out socially, trying to meet new people. Commitment was the furthest thing from their minds. And I was trying to figure out how you make a relationship that really was going to be long distance for the duration work. 
Um, and so we did those five years um, as long distance. We saw each other a handful of times, you know, a few weeks over the summer. But I think for us, it worked out well because we had known each other for so long. The foundation was strong already. And so mm-hmm. um, trying to figure out sort of navigating the long distance piece and not seeing each other on a consistent basis felt more like a challenge we just would have to figure out um, than something that would prevent us from moving forward. Yeah. I like that a lot. So it sounds like you're, you were intentional about like, okay, this is what I need to do. And I can't just treat it like everybody else is treating their relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there were plenty of times where I stayed back from a party because the time zone difference, you know, was crazy wherever (laughs) he was just to be able to talk to him. But, um, you know, it, was a priority and not so much in the sense that I was holding on to what I thought a relationship should look like, but that I knew I was holding on to a person. And so holding on to him and him holding on to me looked a lot different than what I was seeing around me, but it was worth that difference. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. So what you got up to the point of being a spouse, having no clue what happened since then? I know you have Uh, two kids and I'm sure he wasn't just home once you got married. Oh, no, of course not. So uh, we got married. I I was at Fort Bragg with him by the end of January, early February. And by May, we found out that we were pregnant and uh, totally unexpected, but absolutely a blessing um, in the timing. But a month after that, he got deployment orders for the first time and At that time, I was working at a law firm. I was studying for the LSAT because, again, I thought I was going to marry this guy that I love. He was going to have his army job. I was going to be an attorney and we would just come together, (laughs) you know, the way I'll say normal couples do. And I just never considered the idea that life would shift or my goals or dreams would have to shift because of a lifestyle, because of the job that he had. So Mm -hmm. um, very quickly, I realized that it's not a job. It's not just something that he goes to nine to five and occasionally has to travel. It's a lifestyle. And so um, a few months later, he deployed when I was five months pregnant and it was a very high risk pregnancy. So I ended up having to move back home with my parents. And I think in that moment, that was the first time I realized just how different life was. Um, I went into labor at 24 weeks, had an appointment. I didn't even know I was in labor. And so you know, at that moment, that's normally the time where you pick up the phone and terrified, say to your spouse, your partner, hey, this is what's going on. I need you to be here. But I couldn't even Mm -hmm. call him. You know, it was during the time where he would have to call me. We were not allowed to Skype because of the nature of his assignment. And so I had to wait to be able to tell him that life had changed radically from the last time I'd spoken to him a few days prior. And I didn't know what it was going to look like moving forward. So Um, you know, that was probably the moment where I realized this was going to be different. And so we fast forward, um, had the baby at 29 weeks. She did almost two full months in the hospital while he was at Bragg and I stayed in Atlanta. And then we decided we were going to move forward. We wanted two kids. So I had the second baby about two years later. And when he was five months old, it was deployment time again. So, uh, yeah, so I really started to realize that I was going to have to figure out something else that worked for me. And in full honesty, I don't think I was in a headspace. I don't know that I was mature enough. 
I didn't know enough about this life to know what that could look like. So I spent mm -hmm. all the way up until both kids were school age, sort of being best supporting actress. Um, you know, I, I showed up at everything. I volunteered. I did everything I could to kind of help advance his career from the spouse side. And I was a mom. You know, I stayed home with the kids. I when they were school age, I attended functions at the school. I volunteered to chaperone all the way up until I had two that were in elementary school. And I said, I think it's my turn now. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you what did you do with that, though? That feeling during all of it, because you say actress and um, you make it sound like not that you're faking it and you were enjoying it and everything. But I know that feeling of when will it be my turn yeah. is felt by a lot of waiting warriors. Like, even if it's not just a career, but just like, okay, hey, when is it my turn to get a break? Because, right. you know, but what did you do with that feeling all those years? So for much of it, I struggled. I'm going to be honest. It was certainly not, I'd love to tell you it was this glorious story where, you know, yeah. I sort of figured out this amazing balance of being a volunteer and a mom and finding things that were for me, but I didn't. Um, mm -hmm. I worked jobs that I sort of tried and figured out. I felt more crushed by having my kids in daycare from 7.30 to 5.30 um, than mm -hmm. I felt fulfilled by being out in the workplace. And so, you know, I think it was very much a period of sort of trial and error and figuring out what it was that I was looking for. Uh, you know, as a person of faith, I don't think I was looking to find out who I am in that sense, but I think mm -hmm. I was looking to figure out who am I in the context of this life that for my husband is a career thing, um, 20 years mm -hmm. plus however much longer the army will let him stay. Um, yeah. You know, like where do I fit in that and how can I find something that makes me feel joy independent of this, but also in spite of this. Um, and so that was sort of a, a rough space. And it took me, I'd say that sort of solid seven years and not to say I was not unhappy. This was certainly not mm -hmm. a situation where I was begrudgingly attending events. That was all stuff I loved to do, but that was all stuff that still very much felt like his. I was doing something yeah. still for him. It just also, you know, benefited me in terms of adult interaction, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, please, yeah. let me go to the hail and farewell, please. Yes. Let me see someone who can talk about something other than Dora. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like finish a sentence in more than, or in less than 10 seconds. Oh, for sure. Of like the sentence getting dragged out yeah. forever. Right. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. So. What was your biggest, what has been your biggest pain point in the military life? I think for me, it has been finding the balance between the flexibility that this life demands of spouses mm -hmm. and something that I felt like was beneficial for me. Um, and not in a selfish way, because I think so many of us feel like it's selfish to take time for you or, you know, mm -hmm. to do something that's self-care or to even work outside of the home. Uh, sometimes it feels a little bit like that's not a decision that we should make because someone in the house should be a constant. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's a big struggle because I, even in my own household, my kids are much older now, but it feels very much like I am the rule. So if I didn't show up for something, for whatever reason, the kids were hurt by it. 
But yeah. my husband was always the exception, you know? And so if he showed up, mm-hmm. it was amazing, but they didn't ever expect him to. And right. so it's been kind of finding that balance between um, how can I remain flexible and available and make sure the kids know that if something happens at school or if they say, mom, I really want you to show up for this, I could be there, but I could still also do something for me that would help them kind of understand that I'm not always going to be able to be there. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a struggle for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like it's it's so hard because I'm, I'm a woman of faith and not to like alienate anybody who isn't, but even if you don't, I feel like everybody kind of has some sort of higher power or whatever, but it's Mm -hmm. like, we've, I don't think anybody here uh, uh, probably not listening to this podcast, like is gonna have the attitude of, I want to dismiss my kids. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think we're all caring, loving mothers. Those of us who are mothers that are listening, but at the same point, like we are still humans right and as humans we have those natural desires like men is that he might have joy like we're here to be joyful but i don't i don't know if joy has to be one one scenario one mold for everybody right but then at the same time like it is so hard like how do we be those caring mothers but still create boundaries so that we can be fulfilled right you know Yeah. And I think of it very similarly to wearing a hat, right? So um, especially as women and mothers, we put on different hats all day long. I think probably before 10 o'clock, it's like you, (laughs) you know, you're a spouse and you're a mom and you're a chef packing lunches and, you know, Mm -hmm. you're doing all these things and, um, you know, running a business, I'm wearing all the different hats that are in those businesses. But I think what it really comes down to is realizing that being a military spouse or being a first responder spouse is a hat you put on. That's not who you are. It's a hat that you put on and it is, it does become a part of your identity, but it cannot become your identity, if that makes sense. So um, you have to figure out what is the constant? Who are you? What is it that you need to be the you that you are? And how Mm -hmm. is it that you can keep the you that you are, no matter what hat you put on or take off? So I think that's how I've had to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially like in the military spouse community, we're cut, especially if you're active duty, we're thrown together. We're neighbors. We're Mm -hmm. like all our kids are at the same school and we're interacting with each other all the time. And it's super easy to feel like I need to be doing this because that's what she's doing or she's doing. And it's like, yeah, there are some things we need to be doing, but I feel like that list is a lot smaller than what people do. Like there's so much room and I feel like we would all be so much better off if everybody brought themselves. Sure. Exactly. Like, yeah. How much more beautiful. I I already think our community is super beautiful, but it could be even more beautiful if people were willing to be who they are. Right. We could be. And to not feel judgment in that space. You know, to say, hey, I am not the best version of myself when I stay home with my kids. That is just not my jam. I need to work. (laughs) And to not feel like when you say that to somebody, they're instantly judging. Well, why don't you want to stay home with your, you know, that sort of thing. And I think we end up kind of dealing with a lot of that and not recognizing that truly the hat that you put on is just the lens that you're using. 
So your priorities will shift. When my kids were little, the mom hat is the hat that I wore and I had to make decisions based on the lens of my mom hat. I'm Mm -hmm. not any less a mom right now, but the needs that my kids have are different. The needs that my husband's unit has when we're here are different. And so it's sort of learning how you can remain constant so that there's a little bit more fluidity as you move through your roles and how they change and how that looks in your life that I think really helps to shape this community. And I think if we could do that, like you said, a little bit better, I think it would be just a really amazing thing across the board. Mm -hmm. I want to take a quick break from the interview to share something that has really helped me lately called Productivity Bootcamp by Jordan Page. If you are feeling constantly behind on life, anxious, stressed, disorganized, or like you're just burning out, I have something I really think will help you. I was there. I'm always there. (laughs) Swallowed up by so many new changes, kids, all of these things that are so good, but I couldn't seem to figure out how to make things work. I never was able to get things to really click for our family. But then I found an online course called productivity bootcamp, and it has helped me figure out so many things. What I love most and why I'm sharing it with you guys is because this course is super moldable to your life. This is unlike any other course I've seen out there. So I do have an affiliate link on in the show notes and on my Instagram bio if you'd like to go and support the podcast. But just know I am very particular in the companies I let support and sponsor the podcast because I truly only want to share things that will help you thrive. And I know this is one of those things. So go check out those links and let's get back to the interview. Do you feel like you've ever like analyzed or self had some self-reflection of like, okay, these are what my strengths are and these are what my weaknesses are. And when I'm trying to wear this hat too much, I'm just playing, I'm not playing to my strengths as much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think so. Um, I love to volunteer. Um, Mm -hmm. I love to help out where I can. And I sort of went through a season where I said yes to everything because I Mm -hmm. thought that's what I was supposed to be doing. And I felt very much like, well, if I'm not working, this falls under the scope of responsibilities. Of course I have time to do this. Um, And so I would say for me, one of the weaknesses that I have um, is that I don't like to disappoint people, which some people would say maybe is a strength, but for my personality, it tends to make me go and go and go and go until I am completely burnt out. And that is a space that I came out of recently where I just was saying yes to everything. Well, of course I have time for this. I work for myself. It's no big deal for me to leave in the middle of the day, you know, to go do this. And then all of a sudden you've got several different pockets of places and none of them is getting the best version of you. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's a very dangerous place to be uh, when you say, You know, I don't have boundaries like you talked about. I haven't quite figured out where I'm operating in my strength versus I'm operating in maybe someone else's strength. And as I'm trying to figure that out, I'm experiencing burnout. And then that burnout tends to go across the board. I don't think burnout shows itself in one particular area of your life because I just don't think that's how we process it. So you are just burnt out. You know, you yourself are. Yeah. 
all the hats get simmered and mm-hmm. start lighting on fire. Yeah. So what, what has changed for you? What, what helped you get out of that overwhelm, out of that burnout? Yeah. So I would say um, initially that looked like starting the business that I currently have. And it was not a space that I thought that I was ever going to be in. Um, I was not a kid who had a lemonade stand. I was just not that kid. And so it was not something that I thought I was ever going to be interested in. But at the time that I had, my youngest was in kindergarten. My uh, eldest was in uh, second grade. And I said, I have time. What are the skills that I have? What can I do? And I thought, well, I like to be creative. I like to decorate. Uh, how can I put these things together? And so that was the first time I felt like I had something that met all of my criteria. I was still allowed to be mm-hmm. as flexible as I needed to be because I was working for myself. I was mm-hmm. allowed the space and the time to figure out what what I was going to do was going to look like. And I still had the availability while providing some additional income, which I think for me has never been an issue that my husband has created. But it's been something for me because I went yeah. through school very career driven and I did not ever anticipate being in a space where we were in a single income household and having a uh, job of any kind was just not in the cards for me. That just was not where mm-hmm. I was. And so even that fulfilled just sort of a space that I thought, well, man, I didn't even realize that was a thing to me, but it was. Um, So that's the first thing. So having something, creating something that felt like it belonged to me. Yeah. And the second thing that, sorry, sorry, it's, it's because I feel like I've heard a lot of women. I've talked with a lot of women of like, well, I feel like I should work and that would be fulfilling. Mm -hmm. But I like that you, you looked at yourself and you looked at your situation and you kind of tailor made, you know what I mean? Like you didn't just say, oh, well, I, I would like to work. I'll go. I don't know. There's a million things you could go be the substitute mm-hmm. at the elementary school or, yeah. you know, like there's a ton of things that we can do to work. You thought, what are my strengths? Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that's probably giving you even more, even of a better fulfillment and a better situation. Absolutely. Because I think when you can determine one of the other things that I didn't quite realize was important to me was that I was not being challenged enough. And Mm. so even when I went outside of the home and was working, it still just felt like a job that I went to fairly mindlessly every day and came home and I felt like I could take it or leave it. You know, I could either Mm -hmm. go, it was just a paycheck. And then I ended up in an environment having started the business where everything was new. I had to learn the design software, had no clue how to use power tools. So why I decided to make signs, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But I had to learn that. Like I had to learn the ins and outs of how to build a website. So all of these things, I realized that I was excited every day. Even if there was frustration somewhere along the way, I was excited to get up and say, what am I going to have to learn today? How can I build a website, you know, how can I build a listing? How can I determine how to design this particular sign? And it Mm -hmm. was exciting to me every day. And I was thankful to be able to get up and do it. And I was happier, which was something that I didn't experience in any other job situation. Yeah. And again, I I just want to make sure everybody's getting the point though, that like, we're not saying you have to own your own business or work. What we're saying is you have to do something that works for you. Right. And 
it's not like what's working for Serena, what's working for me is not going to work for everybody. But right. it like you you've just taken the time to figure out what you want. That's, yeah. You know, I just want I just want to double make sure that everybody's getting that idea that it's not oh, now I have to start my own business. It's like to be challenged. It's like no, you just have to find different things are going to challenge different people. I guess. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I I will tell anybody, you know, start with making a list of things you like, things you enjoy mm -hmm. doing. Um and then second to that, make a list of things that you like doing or cross-reference that people don't like to do. I think we mm. think of uh, a very closed space of entrepreneurship, for example. Um, and when we use that word, it sometimes scares us into thinking that you're going to have to have a brick and mortar shop or you're going to have to start a multi-level marketing business or whatever it is. And you say, well, ah, that's not really something that I'm interested in. But when you think about there are people who pay people to shop for them, yeah. you know, there are, you know, there are so many different things that you could look and say, hey, I still need to be flexible. What are the priorities that I have? What are the skills mm -hmm. that I have? What are some things that people might be a little bit more reluctant to do so they could pay to do it? Yeah. And then how could I put all of those things together in a way that works for me and for my family? A hundred percent. That's super smart. Yeah. Super, super smart way of looking at it. So what was, what was, you were going to say another thing that's, um, that's kind of changed for you? Yeah. So it has been just this idea of being intentional. And we talked about that a little bit when I talked about, you know, making the long distance thing work when I was a fiance girlfriend. Mm -hmm. uh, but I realized that this life tends to create a situation where we count down to everything. We don't do it on purpose, but we count down to everything. And I believe there is absolutely a place for a countdown. You know, if your spouse yeah. is gone, they're deployed, TDY, whatever it is, you're like, I'm done with this solo parenting. It is time. You know, you're counting down. <laughs> yeah. I fully understand that. But I think sometimes that countdown leads to complacency. And we start to say, well, I'll, maybe when they're retired, I'll be able to do this. Or, you know, maybe when we get to the next duty station, I'll get out and explore because I just really don't like it here. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you don't see what's happening right now. It takes away your ability to be intentional about what's happening. So that's been one of the major shifts for me, which is saying, you know, no matter where we end up, if I love it when we get there or not, and there's always going to be somewhere you love or hate, sure. Right. Um, but we're going to get out and explore. We're going to do things as a family. I am going to be intentional about asking my husband about work and trying to figure out all the acronyms he uses when he explains what's going on. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to be intentional about making sure I know what's going on with the kids and how they're feeling as they transition to being in a new location or even for us now as they're transitioning to sort of the last 90 days of being where we are now. Um, mm -hmm. And so that has changed things because it has created a scenario where instead of living for the countdown, so you've got this giant list of things that you want to do with no real idea of when they can happen or when you can even have the family life that you thought you were going to have. Now it's what can I do every single day to live in the space that I'm counting down to? Yeah. So it's just like not waiting. It, it, 
I also see like a lot of people in that space. It's like, well, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be what I always thought it would be. So why try? Yeah. Like why, why even try? But then I feel like you miss out on a lot of stuff uh, that could be, you know what I mean? Like it's not going to look how we thought it was going to, but when we're intentional and when we try every day, we still get something beautiful. Like, especially like relationships with your kids. Like I, I didn't think that my kids were only going to see their dad, you know, half of the year, you know, Mm -hmm. even, even this year when he's not deployed, he's still going to be gone for about four months time. He's going to miss another birthday. Like that was not in my vision. Mm -hmm. And there are so many things that I could get bummed out about, but if we take your approach, then we can still build something because we're doing something every day to still, still get a beautiful life. Yeah, absolutely. And I know it's hard, you know, it it is extremely difficult, but I think, you know, moving into deployment spaces and times when uh, you're apart, it can feel very much like you are just hoping time will speed up, you know, or you're at a duty station you don't like, and you just say, could the day have even 23 hours and 15 minutes (laughs) instead of 24? You know, you just, you want it to be shorter. But the other side to that coin is, you have 23 hours and 15 minutes plus the 45 you were hoping you could shave off with your kids that you won't get back, you know? So what memories are you going to be able to make with them in those spaces? Um, And so that has really shifted how I look like when the time is there, use the time. Don't think of how you couldn't use the time because if if any or all of us took the time to think about what our perfect family or life scenario would look like, I don't think we could identify it because we're always yeah. going to find something that wasn't the way we thought it would be, you know? And yeah. so I think just sort of being here today, being intentional about what's happening around you and understanding that perfection is not the standard radically mm-hmm. changed exactly, you know, how I approach and live life on a daily basis. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I. Okay, I hope everybody like understands the amazingness and awesomeness of what she does. <laughs> and you can just think about that today and and figure out how how we can just do a little bit better to make sure we're we're taking advantage of the time we have. Um last question, what yeah. is your key to thriving that you want to share with your fellow waiting warriors? Sure. So Um, Kind of in the same vein as being intentional. I think that for me now looks like when I boil it down into something that feels a little bit more simple, um, that for me looks like three things. So it is number one, pause. So taking the time to pause, look at what's around you, gain some, if I use a military term, situational awareness. um, (laughs) about what's happening around you, you know, take the time to think of, to look and say, well, what are the things that are bringing me joy? Or what are the things that are making me happy? What are the things that I would like to be different? Um, And then the next thing I would say is moving into a space where you're willing to pivot. I think so many of us who live this life of waiting end up stuck because we realize we don't love where we are. We kind of sort of know where we want to be, but we don't know how to make that movement. And I would say that better doesn't have to be big. Sometimes a pivot mm-hmm. could be small. Sometimes it's just, I'm going to move away from this particular behavior 
that doesn't serve me well in favor of another one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, make those small changes on a daily basis um, that can help you move out of a space where you feel like waiting is all you can do. And then the last part of that, I would say, is just to pursue. Once you've figured out, you've taken the time to pause and think about it, you've said, okay, well, I could make this tiny change. I could make this pivot into a different direction that could have an impact, a positive impact on my life, then pursue it. It's stopping the countdown. Do not wait. There's absolutely no reason to wait. If there is something that you could do in your life that is better for you, better for your family, we can assign countdowns to things that we can't control. Mm-hmm. But our own behavior, you know, those are some things that you can control. So again, it's just to pause, take a look at what's going on around you, pivot, make whatever small changes need to be made, pursue, move in the direction of those changes rather than counting down to the perfect moment. I like, you guys can't see me, but I have a giant smile and I'm like ready to jump up and go. Anybody else? <laughs> like, okay. I can do this because it's, yeah. it's it's not only like motivating and okay, I can take on the world, but it's like, okay, I can, I can change something small and that's doable. Yeah. That's actionable. That's not overwhelming, but it's also super helpful. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I hope everybody can feel that energy and that, I guess for me, it's like feeling like a jolt, like, okay, I have, I can have a little bit more control. I feel mm-hmm. like which is, I know, a big struggle for us sometimes. Absolutely, Um, yeah. But that's a huge way of how you can take control back. I really like that. Thank you. So welcome. Thank you for sharing that with us. Absolutely. Um, So real fast at the end, will you tell us a little bit about your business? Because I know I love it, and I think other people would enjoy checking that out. Sure. So uh, West House is an online boutique. And essentially, it is handmade and handpicked goods inspired by life as a modern military spouse. So, uh, you know, we've got all the occasions, all the things that are happening around us all the time that we need hostess gifts or baby gifts, all sorts of things. And I looked around and did not see things that sort of suited my style. I wanted to um, sort of keep the tradition, but with a modern twist. So I have created a space uh, for that. So we've got all sorts of products. Um, but probably the bigger mission through that is to spark connection and build community through the shop. So many of the items are military spouse, military spouse, small shop made. Um, so mm-hmm. that sort of supports the efforts for something that's important to me, which is, you know, providing a way for spouses to uh, receive an income while maintaining that flexibility. And then of course, providing ripple effects throughout the small shop community because almost every product in the shop that you purchase supports at least two other small businesses. I love it. I love it so much. It's like the perfect, you have have the perfect setup in, in my mind. And again, like I know so many of us have gone to the PX or the other places like looking for a shirt or the other little things. And it's like here, because we're the 101st and we're the screaming eagles. It's like, mm-hmm. everything is a, an, this intense eagle with its claws hanging out. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. But that's more of like on my husband's mug, not right. in, in my house, you know, yeah. like, can we, yeah. can we get something that's a little more modern and 
styled, I guess is a good way. So I love your stuff. Yeah, um, thanks. So where's, where's the best place for people to come and connect with you? If they want to talk more, if they want to check out your shop, where should they do that? Sure. So the website is shopwesthouse.com. And to make it just so easy, the Facebook and Instagram handles are both at shopwesthouse. So you can find me at any of those places, any or all. Perfect. Easy peasy. Yeah. Lemon squeezy. Thank you so just much, Serena, like again. Yeah, just <laughs> like it easy. We do not yeah. need complicated things. No, no, <laughs> not at all. No. no. Well, thank you so much again, guys. Go check out her shop. Go connect with her. Honestly, I know she didn't mention it, but she does have this super awesome um, like Facebook community group um, that you can get involved with and just find like-minded military spouses who want to make this life better, um, who want to bloom where they're planted, who want yeah. to... Um, oh, what's your other tagline? I was just looking at it yesterday. Or is it just well, we talk a lot about choosing to bloom. Yes. Choosing which, to bloom. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, that it's a choice. It's not going to happen automatically. It's, you know, you're going to have to put a little effort in there, but there are so many other military spouses who are working to make that choice no matter where they are planted. So yeah, if you'd yeah. want to connect, we'd love to have you. It's awesome. Well, thank you again, all you waiting warriors out there. I would love for you to honestly just like Think about what Serena and I have been talking about and what is like one small pivot, one small shift that you can make that will create the life that you want that can maybe give you a little bit more control and it can be small. Um, one thing that while she was talking made me think of is one thing I did this year is at the beginning of the year, I just said I was going to read for five minutes before going to bed instead of like being on my phone or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that small shift has made a huge change in how I feel at the end of the day, how I feel at the beginning of the day and has just lighted my brain, I guess, like yeah. energized my brain in a way. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Like something small. And then will you share with us on Instagram? I'm the waiting warrior. Um, she's shop West house. We honestly, like, I would love, 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 love to see what you guys are doing and how you guys are taking that just tiny step to thrive a little bit more. Yeah. Small change, big impact. Yeah. Get it yeah. girl. Okay. You waiting warriors <laughs> go do that. Go love on your family, go love on your spouse and you guys all have a great day. Hey, fellow Waiting Warriors, since I know you are loving this podcast and being able to connect and learn from others, I need you to go and write a review for the podcast. Even just a rating with the stars really helps people find this podcast. And the more people listening means the more people thriving, which is truly my ultimate goal for all of you. It's super simple, will just take a minute, but it will make a world of difference.